0: What's up? And welcome to Ask Father Josh. The podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes: You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, um, dogma, catechesis, evangelization, discipleship, apologetics, works of charity, acts of justice. The list goes on. I would then spend time with your questions. I would pray with them, study and hopefully respond to your questions in such a way that it's helpful for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. However, my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect because nobody's perfect, no, no. No, 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 nobody's perfect and neither am I. And so, because I'm not perfect, the advice that I give to you that I share with you might not always be good for you. If that's the case, then I wanna give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that is not going to help you to grow in intimacy with Christ. But if my advice is helpful but difficult, I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and study and sacraments so that God can give you the grace that you may need over time to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first time listener or a recurring listener and you have your own questions, comments or critiques, you can share those with me at www. Ascensionpress.com slash Ask Father Josh. That's A S K F A T H E R J O S H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the gifts of the show. If it's helpful for you, potentially it could become helpful for them as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about gay pride, and we're going to talk about the flag uh, that many people wave outside their homes for gay pride. We're going to also uh, talk about forgiveness, specifically whenever people do not apologize to us. Uh, whenever people don't say, I'm sorry, do we still forgive them? And finally, we're going to talk about anger towards God. Um, is it okay to express anger towards God, and how do we do it? So before we get to those awesome topics. I want to share with you a glory story. Alright, 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 glory story. Man, y'all, God is so good. He is so good. So a while back, I, sometime last year, I woke up at like 3 a.m. in the morning and uh, I just perceived, remember I'm not infallible, so I couldn't, you know, I could perceive wrong, but I perceived the Lord telling me like, Josh, you know, I've given you a gift of evangelization. I'm not taking that gift away, but I'm inviting you to a new season of your priesthood now. I'm inviting you to be a prophet, um, to a prophetic role in the church and basically to afflict those who are comfortable and to comfort those who are afflicted to purify to purify and reform bring reform to the church and so uh whenever i perceive the lord invite me to this 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 new role in addition to the role of of evangelist i just i told him god i love you and i will go wherever you want me to go i'll do whatever you want me to do because i love you and you are enough for me and so i know prophets are persecuted i know prophets are imprisoned uh so I, i had all these images of like peter and paul Going to prison for speaking the truth of of Oscar Romero, Saint Oscar Romero being being murdered during mass because he spoke the truth against injustice of of even Jesus Christ, um, you know, being persecuted and he telling me, Josh, they will persecute you, and so I just told the Lord, like I love you and I'll do whatever you want, and so yeah, so that was a, a while back, and uh and and since I've embraced, I've begun to embrace this new role in the body of Christ as uh, prophetic role. I've seen a lot of supernatural fruit from it. I've seen conversions happen, um, but I've also, yeah, I've, I've experienced some persecution. And and recently, I was praying, and Saint Benedict and Saint John of the Cross came to me. Now I, I love Saint Benedict. I love Saint Teresa of Avila. I love Saint John of the Cross. Those are my, uh, that, that that's that's my click. Uh, and so, yeah, they came to my heart while I was praying. And I was able to see how even they were persecuted, right, from within. St. Benedict founded the Benedictines, uh, and his own monks tried to kill him twice. Like, they wanted him to be their leader. Like, they wanted him, but then whenever they got him, they were like, nah, nah, we don't want this no more. This ain't good. We don't like it. And they tried to poison him, but he, he prayed over his food, and because he blessed his food, the, the Lord got a crow to take the bread away, and then they did it again with wine, and the Lord allowed the, the, the childs to break and, and the snake to come out, so he knew they were trying to kill him. But, like, even his own community, and same thing with John the Cross, John the Cross, his own community, put him in prison. Like they, his own, like these are friars. These are people in the church. And so like, I, I was able to see how like, wow, like even within the church, there's going to be like, and mainly that's where I think the main attacks are going to come from within the church. And it's already happening a little bit. And so that was like a while back. And I don't talk about this a lot. Well, then one of my friends who has a, just a gift, a gift of like prophetic prayer and words of knowledge and stuff like that, he came over recently and we just had like a Holy Spirit throw down in preparation for Pentecost. We went to my chapel and we just started praising God together and just like, you know, just just loving the Lord. And it was very, very beautiful. And after we praised God, we entered into like a period of silence before the Blessed Sacrament. And he just began to speak and he said things that were like co- confirming what word I perceived the Lord gave me over a year ago. And he said things like, it's like, God's like raising you up to face those who want to throw you out of the city and stone you. And you're going to just be called to say, pray, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Uh, because you have a message and your message uh, is is to move beyond the noisy crowds, the distracting crowds, because there are so many people, there are thousands of people who are waiting for the truth within the church and outside the church, who are waiting for the truth to be spoken, to draw them to a deeper intimacy with Christ. And so like, it's my goal to bring people to Jesus in my walk toward eternity. Like my message is, to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ and to make him visible and to make him known. And so I have to speak truth. And when I speak this truth, a lot of people aren't going to like it. It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. But if it brings people to Jesus Christ in the blessed sacrament and the sacraments, if it brings people to Jesus Christ in the sacred scriptures, then I will do it because the voice that I cling to is the father's voice and his voice is the only one that matters. And so the opposition is coming and he's already here, but my my goal my mission in life is to to be about the father's business to keep my eyes on the father and to listen to him and, and so it was a beautiful word because i was like dude like that's crazy like i've perceived that like i perceived that and i'm already beginning to see it a little bit so i just i was so grateful to god for like that confirmation that i i perceived as a confirmation again and like he's not infallible either so we could both be off but um but it's exciting it's exciting to to go on this journey with the lord and see where the lord wants to take us and to see uh what what kind of fruit is going to happen uh yeah it's just it's, it's it's cool um so I praise God for that I praise God for for the love of God and I praise God for the gift of the church and I praise God for renewal and reformation and restoration happening gosh just God I, I pray and I cry out over and over again when, I, when I'm in the presence of the blessed sacrament renew us God renew us again renew us Renew us. Renew your church. Renew us like you did on the day of Pentecost with the apostles. Renew us again and again and again. And reform us and and purify us and purge us and chisel us, God. And this is not fun to be chiseled. Chisel me. I need to be renewed. I need to be reformed. I'm still a mess. I'm still a hot mess. And the Lord still chooses me and calls me by name. And he's still purifies me daily through scripture and through people, my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, through men and women made in the image of God who are not even in the body of Christ. God has used them to purify me um, and to draw me closer to discipleship of Jesus Christ uh, through just grace, through sacraments. So purify me more and more and more, God, and purify the rest of of your church and your will and your way and your time in our walk toward eternity. That's the glory story. Now, let me give you some feedback before we jump into today's first topic. Feedback is this, comes in from angie angie writes "Dear father josh came across your podcast this past february while listening to father mike schmidt's bible in a year podcast after listening to both your and father mike's podcast for the past four months and by the way father mike is just a great man y'all give father mike a shout out that dude is um he's a good dude i'm now starting to feel comfortable having any conversations about my faith with catholics and non-catholics alike praise god angie My 23-year-old son is discerning missionary priesthood with the St. John Society, and I frankly was concerned about my lack of knowledge of the Bible and my Catholic faith and was intimidated to have conversations with priests in his order. I was also afraid of losing a connection with my son, especially if I lacked the ability to converse with him about God and our faith. We recently took a trip to visit him at the rectory where he is studying, and we had a wonderful visit and great conversations with all the priests, deacons, and pre-seminarians. Your podcast has been One of the ways God is answering my prayers, as you constantly remind me that the way to get closer to Jesus is through scripture, prayer and the sacraments. Amen. I now realize rather than feeling insecure about the religious educated, I need to embrace the opportunity to ask questions, to learn and to grow. I will continue to pray for you and your family. And I ask for your prayers for my son, husband, and daughter as we pursue the path of saint alongside one another. Angie, that is so beautiful. I will pray for you and your son, your husband, and your daughter, Angie. That, that is such a gift. And yeah, prayer and sacraments and scripture and in service to the poor. And that is, that's the way to go. That's the safe path in our walk toward becoming saints and our relationship with God and in our walk toward eternity. So I definitely want to commend you for that. Uh, and I uh, and I will pray for your son as he discerns God's will for his life. You know the priesthood is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us, and so uh, I will begin to pray for him and see uh, and see what good work the Lord completes in him in his walk toward heaven. So yeah, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Yes, time to get today's show. First question is about anger toward God. Ah, man. So this comes in from Emma. Emma Bear writes this. Hi, Father. I lost someone who was a father figure to me. He had cancer, and I'm happy that he isn't in pain anymore. However, because of the pandemic, I wasn't able to see him in over a year because it was too risky as I live in a dorm. I've been really angry and upset at God, and I don't want to be. How do we understand all this to where I'm not angry at God? I know from taking theology classes for my degree that God doesn't create suffering without a purpose. However, I'm just so mad. Any advice would be great. Thanks for everything you do, Emma. Emma, this is a phenomenal question. It's a great question, and it's a very common question, so don't feel isolated um, because a lot of people experience a lot of unexpected things in their life and in their loved ones' lives, and, and anger is an emotion that can come from that. So how do we respond? I would encourage you, number one, to communicate this with God. Like, communicate your thoughts your feelings and your desires with God. If you were angry with me, you would do yourself a favor if you talked to me about it. I think sometimes when we're angry at people, we talk to other people about our anger towards the person who made us mad or who we perceive made us mad and we don't talk to that person. And so anytime in my life, whenever someone's been mad at me, I've been mad at somebody, and I have confronted them and expressed my thoughts, feelings, desires, my emotions, whatever it is, my hurts, pains, wounds with them, or vice versa, they've expressed it with me. Quite often, we've been able to get a different perspective. Whenever I've shared people how they've hurt me, because I shared it with them, I've been able to hear them tell me their side of the story, which typically helps me in my grieving process to see, whoa, like I didn't even know about that. I had no idea. I didn't see it from that perspective. So I would encourage you to do the same with God. Communicate with God. Share with God all your emotions. You're upset. This guy was a father figure to you. He suffered. He had cancer. He died. You weren't able to be with him. Like There's a lot of grief in your heart. So number one is communicate that with God. Um, how do you do that Um, you could do that through just sharing your heart spontaneously with 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 words that you make up yourself by writing god a letter or you can even just read scripture proclaim the psalms the psalms are a great gift in order to express anger towards the lord Um, the psalms are prayers these are prayers that king david wrote and in these prayers uh, we can find words whenever we don't feel comfortable making up our own words here's psalm 44 When it reads, O God, we have heard with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us the deeds you did in their days with your own hand in days of old. You rooted out nations to plant them, crushed peoples and expelled them. And he goes on and on and on. But then he says this, but now you have rejected and disgraced us. You do not march out with our armies. You make us retreat before the foe. Those who hate us plunder us at will. You hand us over like sheep to be slaughtered. Scatter us among the nations You sell your people for nothing. You make no profit for their sale. You make us the reproach of our neighbors, the mockery and scorn of those around us. You make us a byword among the nations. The people shake their heads at us. All day long, my disgrace was before me. Shame has covered my face at the sound of those who taunt and revile me at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you nor been disloyal to your covenant. Our hearts have not turned back nor have our steps strayed from your path. Yet you have left us crushed, desolate in a place of jackals. You have covered us with the shadow of death. If we have forgotten the name of our God, stretched out our hands to another God, would not God have discovered this? God who knows the secrets of the heart? For you, we are slain all the day long, considered only as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why do you sleep, O Lord? Rise up! Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why forget our pain? Why forget our misery? For our soul has been humiliated in the dust. Our belly is pressed to the earth. Rise up and help us. Redeem us in your mercy. Oh, I think sometimes when we read the Psalms, we don't read them with emotion. And the Psalms express all these different emotions. And so I definitely want to invite you to pray, to communicate with God and to communicate with God through praying the Psalms, um, because that is Anger is an emotion, and emotions aren't bad. I mean, anger t- is bad when it becomes irrational, when it turns into ra- wrath, which is like an irrational response to a perceived offense. Uh, that's that's sinful. But if it's just the emotion of anger that's starting in your heart, allow that emotion to draw you to prayer. Allow that emotion to draw you to God. Um, and use scripture to come to God. Also, in addition to to prayer, I would encourage you to get a counselor. You're grieving. You lost someone you love. Um, that's traumatic. And so there are members of the body of Christ who can accompany you. And I think the members of the body of Christ who are equipped to accompany you well are counselors, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists. So go find somebody in that field to walk with you, to accompany you, and to help you to grieve in this time of your life. Because that grief is very real. The pain is very real. And it's going to be there. And it's going to be like a roller coaster. There will be times when you're up and times when you're down. And so it's just good to have somebody who's a professional to accompany you in this season of your life. And finally, I would encourage you to study. Study some writings of some pretty good theologians and philosophers. For instance, two that are in my mind right now, Dr. Peter Kreeft. Uh, He has a good book on suffering called Making Sense Out of Suffering. And Jeff Cavins, who is a personal friend of mine, he wrote a book called uh, When You Suffer, Biblical Keys for Hope and Understanding. So I think if you study those books, continue to pray, continue to communicate with God then listen to God communicate to you, uh, share his heart with you. Uh, and if you walk with a counselor, I think that would help you in this season of your, your life. And so I'm praying for you, Emma. And yeah, I will accompany you uh, through intercessory prayer. I will pray the Psalms with you and for you. All right, next question comes in about uh, the pride flags. Uh, Dear Father Josh, first, I want to start off by thanking you for all you do. Your podcast is a great light for me in a world that can otherwise feel dark at times. Mm. I just hit my coffee. My coffee is um, it's light-skinned like me. It's, uh, it's black and white, and so it comes out brown, just like me. Thank you for helping me and countless others to grow in our relationship with Christ. Now on to my question. The Board for Catholic Schools in my city has recently decided to fly pride flags at every single one of our Catholic schools and to participate in celebrating Pride Month. There seems to be mixed emotions between the members of our Catholic community. Do you think this decision helps to unite all members of the body of Christ or do you think it brings us further away from his teaching and his message? Thank you for all that you do uh, again. And God bless you, Melissa. That is a great question. And I love the way you you even pose the question because it's about Christ and does it unite us or does it take us further, further apart? Like what is it doing when it comes to the heart of Jesus? Um, So, when you said that the the Catholic school board, that sounds like okay. I'm just it doesn't. I could be wrong. It's, it sounds like Canada. In Canada, I know the province owns and funds the schools. Uh, the bishops they determine like the religious curriculum, uh, but elected lay boards run the day to day. And so, is that? I think I'm just gonna please hit me up with a follow up questions. Let me know if like that's where you're coming from, because I, I like typically like typically that would not happen in. In the state's side. So, but I could be totally wrong. So just like let me know. Just I'm trying to get context as I answer this question that's going to help me. Um, so I'm going to answer this question now, but I could probably answer it better later. So, as Christians, we don't just associate ourselves with any particular symbol. Like the symbol that we associate ourselves with is, is the cross. Um, and that's the cross that we associate ourselves with. And I get it that there are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. People, men and women who have been made in the image of God, who have same sex attractions, who identify as gay, who have been persecuted. And that is not good. And the catechism actually speaks against that. We are not to persecute our other people made in the image of God who have homosexual tendencies. Like that is not good, true, or beautiful. We are not to hurt them in any way. Are oppressed them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We are to love them. But what does the word love mean? The word love is defined by St. Thomas Aquinas as designing somebody's greatest good. And our greatest good is Jesus Christ. Like, He is our greatest good, Jesus Christ on earth as He is in heaven. And so, in order for someone to abide in the grace of Jesus Christ, would mean that they would have to, like, literally, like, fulfill the demands of discipleship. And they would have to walk in accord with the word of God, the word that God has given to us in the sacred scripture. So, when it comes to that symbol, the, the, the pride, the, the gay pride flag symbol, the, the rainbow flag, does that symbol in its origin align itself with the word of God? Um, is it just about saying we want to have a community that respects people who have same sex attraction, who identify as gay, who have homosexual tendencies, um, that we don't want them to be persecuted or murdered or killed? Like, is that what it was about? Or was it about promoting uh, the, gay, the gay ideology of homosexual sex? Is that what it was about? So the guy who designed that flag was an artist in 1978. He was a drag queen, and his name was Gilbert Baker. Uh, And he was commissioned to create this flag by another gay person who is an icon in the gay community, a politician by the name of Harvey Milk. There was a movie that was done about his life a few years ago. And so he commissioned him to do it for the annual Pride Parade. Uh, And so whenever this flag was commissioned, uh, it had different meanings right? And so different colors were meant to represent different things. And so uh, one of the things though that the flag represents in its colors is sex, right? So, they're, they're, so life is represented, healing is represented, sunlight is represented, nature, uh, art, harmony, uh, spirit, et cetera. But sex is one of them, right? That's not something that a Christian can support, homosexual sex, gay sex, like you can, I have friends who are, have same-sex attraction and are, they, they're part of the courage apostolate. They choose to, to be chaste and celibate. I have friends who are married and they still experience same-sex attraction. And I have friends who identify as gay people and they are in gay relationships. And I hang out with all the above, like they're all my friends, but that does not mean in any way, shape or form that I support gay sex, Right. Because that goes against the word of God. That goes against the teachings of Jesus Christ in the sacred scriptures. And so we have to make a distinction. So if I fly the the pride flag in my school, what I'm I'm not just saying like I love all people, including people who are made in the image of God, who experience attraction to the same sex. That's not just what the flag is saying. The flag is saying is that I support homosexual sex, which goes up against the word of God. And so I can't do that. Like, even, even whenever my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, my brothers and sisters who are made in the image of God are, are, are killed, like at, at the nightclub in Florida, like, I don't then put up a flag because I don't stand for everything that flag supports. What I do support is my brothers and sisters who were killed, and their lives had value, their lives mattered, and their lives were disregarded and have been disregarded by many people um, institutionally through systems, policies in, in, our, in our workplace environments, et cetera. But that does not mean in any way, shape or form that I'm supposed to then say, well, I'm okay with supporting and promoting um, something that goes up against the word of God. So I, I think it's possible to support our friends who have same of attraction, our friends who experience homosexual tendencies and our friends who identify as gay people without supporting uh, and promoting and flying flags that go directly against the word of God divine revelation as revealed to us to take a scripture like that's like for me we, we wouldn't want to promote that that flag there isn't like a, it's not an either or when it comes to our church as far as the way that we approach people it's not like I'm either for everything that is with the the gay culture or I'm against and you know, I like no like, I'm for the person and I'm for their salvation but that doesn't mean I have to support this tenant that the gay pride movement Proposes and 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 pushes, uh, which is something that is is not good. It's not good on a on a biblical level. It's not even good on a physical level, right? It's not even good on a physical level um to happen, you know. So yeah, hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, mm hmm. All right, and we're gonna take a quick break right now. With that being said, and we're going to come back and jump into our final question. So stay tuned.
1: Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
0: And we're back. Just a reminder, you, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. That will help other people to find out about the gift of the show. If it's helpful for you, potentially it can become helpful for them as well. All right. Uh, last question is going to be about uh, forgiving without an apology. It's too late to apologize. First off, I want to thank you for your podcast and your ministry. I never felt that I could ever be a saint until I started listening to you. And now I not only think I can be a saint, but it is a goal. And even if I fall short, I'm enjoying the journey, walking with Christ while listening to you. My question is about forgiveness, in particular, forgiving. A few years back, I had an altercation with my sister where she said some extremely hurtful things towards me and my wife and how we choose to parent our child. We were new parents at the time. Our son is now three and it's a true miracle. After being told we may never be able to have children. I always had a good relationship with my sister, but since then I've stepped away and we really don't have a relationship except for small talk for the sake of our parents. I just can't seem to be able to unsee the darkness in her heart. I prayed and meditated and spoken to God, Jesus and Mary and so many of our loving saints about this and I truly do want to forgive her, but I don't know how. How do we forgive someone who not only doesn't ask for it, but truly feels that they did not do anything to need it? Thank you for taking the time to read this and praying on this. I will always continue to pray for you, Kevin. Kevin, yeah, it's a very good question, and it's a very difficult thing, but you are the body of Christ. Uh, Again, I've I've said this before. I've said it again, that that wristband that people used to wear back in the 90s and early 2000s, WWJD, is totally off. It should be W-I-J-D. What is Jesus doing? You are the body of Christ by virtue of your baptism. So uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So yesterday, how did Jesus Christ respond to people who didn't say, I'm sorry? Think about him in the Bible. Over and over again, people who were sick and suffering and in need uh, asked to be healed. And he would not only heal them, but then he would say to them, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. Like they never said, I'm sorry, but he forgave them of their sins. Even when he was being crucified, as they were hurting him, as they were cursing him and mocking him, as they were oppressing him, he began to pray for them. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he literally prayed for people who were not saying, I'm sorry. And because he forgave them um, unilaterally before they even apologized, dismissed the good thief on the cross, eventually did repent um, because Jesus forgave him. Uh, And we even see this with the apostles. The apostles, he told them, you're all going to abandon me. You're all going to, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And they're like, we're not going to do this. But they did. And what was his response after the resurrection? He came back and the first thing he said to them was not, I told you so, or y'all better apologize right now. He said, peace be with you peace be with you. He gave them his peace. And so I believe that the Lord is inviting you then to imitate him and do the same thing. Forgiveness is not um, forgetting Forgiveness is not having the emotion of anger come up, because remember, anger is just an emotion. Forgiveness is saying, though, that when that emotion of anger comes up, I will pray for my sister. I will pray for her eternal salvation. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation is reestablishing mutual trust. Now, that can't be established unless unless she repents, unless she makes reformation, and unless she makes reparation, makes it right what she did. So in order to reconcile, those three things are, are qualities that need to be there. Uh, to reestablish that mutual trust. But forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. God calls you to forgive, not necessarily to reconcile with everybody. So it still may be messy with your sister. You still might get mad when you think about the event. Uh, You still might not trust her. That does not mean you haven't forgiven. Forgiveness is simply allowing your anger and your sadness and your grief to be turned into prayer for her eternal salvation. And if you could do that, then you forgive her as as Christ forgives us as well. Um, If you desire reconciliation, then that's going to be a mutual thing where she has to participate in that. And if she can't participate in that, then reconciliation might not happen um, while you are on on earth. But certainly um, it's possible whenever you get to heaven uh, by the grace of God and become saints. So if I were you, I would just pray for her, fast for her, offer penance for her um, and let her know that you forgive her, offer your peace. um, But don't expect that to change the emotion. The emotions might still come. and you can still get mad, sad, angry, hurt. Um, all those things are are normal human uh, emotions. And so they're fine. Um, but yeah, we have to make the distinction between reconciliation and forgiveness. Two different things that we're talking about. Uh, God demands that we forgive other people. If we don't forgive her, then he won't forgive us. So we have to forgive in order to be forgiven by God. Uh, and you are, again, you are the body of Christ today. So I encourage you to do so uh, in your walk toward eternity. All right, I am going to go now. I'm going to close this off with prayer and I will see you next week. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's so much going on right now. Y'all they got, we have construction happening right now and got people walking in out the house and I uh, got people blowing my phone up from Catholic charities right now. So I got to bust out. Um, so let's go ahead and pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Jesus, we trust in you. We trust that you do satisfy, that you really are enough, that you will fulfill our desires, that we were not created for things that are passing, that we were not created for these finite things, these finite people, places, and things, but God, that we were created for an infinite God, an infinite lover for you. God, we we know and we trust that holding on to sin will never satisfy us. It will never make us happy. Even if it temporarily gives us pleasure, Lord, we know that sin cannot and will not ultimately fulfill us. It always leaves us aching for more, wanting for more. Only in you, God, is the, the the truth of who we were created to be in relationship with. Only in you, God, is complete fulfillment in God. So I ask that you just give me and every one of my listeners the grace to reorient our attention to your face, to your voice, to your grace, to your sacraments, to your word, to your scriptures, so that we can be fulfilled in you and only in you, God, you are sufficient, you really are enough. And I believe that that you can give us the grace to believe that in our hearts and in our minds and in our actions and our walk toward eternity. And so we trust in you that God, that nothing is impossible for you, and that you will bring to fulfillment the good work that you have begun in each and every single one of us. We give everything over to you, God, your will, your way, your time, and our walk toward heaven. We ask this prayer, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, y'all, go in peace. I'm about to finish my coffee. Go do a Bible study. All right, God bless. Bye.